Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. This month, we're talking about prayer. And uh, before I get to prayer today, I want to... um, just give you something to think about as we consider prayer. Um, And so that's the goal here. Let's uh, see if we can get there. And I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us here before I get going. Father, I thank you for this day that you blessed us with. And I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to study your word together as a family. Lord, I just pray that you would help me as I try to relay to the people what you put in my heart. And I thank you in Jesus' name. So this little cabin on the left here and the field on the right is from a place that we stayed at for our anniversary. And uh, okay, I'm going to get over this. Yeah, that's what I need. Um, Anyway, so I bring this up because uh, one of the evenings that we were there, Carrie and I went for a walk and we went out through that meadow and it's actually a big hill. Uh, You can't really tell from that picture, but we were clear in the back by the trees back there. And uh, she said to me, she asked me a question and she said, uh, if you could change anything about our lives going forward from here, what would that be? Now, that's not a question I had anticipated, and I had to think about it for a little bit. And I really believe, as I was looking at this for this for today, I really believe it was the Holy Spirit that put my answer in my heart. Uh, but this is, if I can get it to go, the answer that I had, and that was, I want to focus less. All right, Stephanie, you might have to help me. This is not cooperating. Okay, there it is. I want to focus less on the things that I see and focus more on the things I cannot see. I don't know if that makes sense to you, um, but for me, I'm a very task-oriented, project-oriented person. And so if I'm walking through the house and I see a pile of laundry on the couch because my wife was diligent and washed it and got it as far as the couch, (laughs) it's like, oh, that needs to be folded and put away. Or, and you can see some things on the up there's things that kind of, I drive in the driveway and oh my word, the grass is six inches tall, I gotta mow the yard. And everything that is around me that I, as I'm, I, even here at the church, I'll be going through it. Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And what happens for me is I get so busy taking care of these things that I don't take the time that I should for my spiritual, the thing that I can't see, my spiritual life, my growth, my prayer life, my time with the Lord. And so 
uh, as we go through this today, um, it is my goal that it will help myself included, but all of us to understand the need to be intentional about building our relationship with the Lord. And I don't know why this thing isn't cooperating with me like it did yesterday, Mike, right? I told you everything worked great yesterday. Uh, he said, well, don't count on that tomorrow. So, because it's, it's tomorrow, so. I might have to have somebody help me back there. You got it? Okay, let's go to the scripture, if you would, please. So we're going to read a scripture here uh, from Deuteronomy. And uh, I just, this is an example uh, from scripture that is what kind of brought this to my, to my attention. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. And we're going to jump down to verse 9. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from all your heart all the days of your life. Now that, we're coming up to what their eyes had seen, and that's what this, that refers to. Make them known to your children and to your children's t children. So this is what they saw. On the day that you stood before the Lord, your God, at Horeb, the Lord said to me, gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and they may teach their children so. And you came near, and you stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness and cloud and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sounds of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. Since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire, beware lest you act corruptly, making a carved image for yourselves. And now here he goes into things that we see, okay? In the form of any figure, the likeness of a male or a female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish, that is in the water under the earth. Beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance as you are this day. And then down to verse 23 and 4. Take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Okay, so we don't typically here uh, find ourselves, at least I've not met anybody who's, busy making images of something that they bow down and worship to. 
But the, but the principle here is that these people needed to keep their eyes on the God who brought them out of Egypt, not get their focus diverted to things on the earth that they would set up as idols before themselves. Now, we don't set up, you know, a moon or uh, a horse or whatever, but we do sometimes put things ahead of God in our lives, whatever it might be. It could be anything. Um, but if you look at the definition of idol, it's anything that you would put before, make higher than, more important than the Lord your God. And so the Lord was telling them, be very careful not to get turned aside to these other things. Don't get distracted with those, but make sure that you're in tune with me, that you're following me that you're talking to me. And so, as we, uh, as we um, consider prayer in our lives today, as we go to prayer, as human beings, we tend to forget the things we don't see and we focus on the things that we do see around us. Uh, even Paul said, you know, um, in Romans 7, 15, he said, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I don't, and I don't, but I do the very thing I hate. So he said, I don't do the things I want to do. I want to follow God. I want to serve him. I don't do that. I don't want to do this over here, but that's what I find myself doing. So it's a constant struggle that we have to be intentional um, as we, can you see me when I change my page here? You could change the slide. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, we can go to slide 12 if it's not up there already. So we must be intentional about shifting our focus from the things that we cannot, from the things we do see to the things we cannot see. And so as we look at why should we pray, that's the title of my message today, why should we pray? Um, Alan talked about how we should pray, and Mike talked about lamenting in prayer. Today we're going to look at why should we pray? What's, what's the reason? Um, and I've talked about, you know, our relationship with the Lord, our spiritual growth. You might say, well, uh, I come to church on Sunday morning. I, I do that. I even, you know, last month I read my Bible, you know. Um, but why should we pray? Prayer is a very important part of our relationship with God. So let's look at that. Reason number one, why should we pray? We, are, we pray because we are commanded in Scripture to pray. And um, so what I want to look at here is some verses in Scripture. Just, uh, I mean, I think we all, most of us, if we know our Bibles at all, would understand that. But let's just look at a few Scriptures uh, to see uh, what the scripture says. So Philippians 4, 6, 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So don't worry. Pray. As a matter of fact, I put a little insert in the bulletin. I believe it was actually on maybe this verse, but I'll refer to that a little bit later. But it also says, you know, keep praying and and then the next one we're looking at here is Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. So here's another. Pray always. Keep on praying. Pray in the Spirit. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So, uh, and this will kind of come up. You saw it in the first verse. Uh, thankfulness. When we pray, make sure that we're thankful as well as bringing our requests. Going on to Matthew 6.6. 6. But when you pray, when you pray, so that's not an option, that's when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Matthew 9.38 says, Therefore, did I get these out of order? I did, I forgot to change my notes. Which one are you on? Matthew 9.38. Pray therefore, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the field. And I'll just say, I didn't say this earlier, for all you visitors, I'm not the normal preacher here, okay? <laughs> I'm, an, I'm just one of the elders, and today uh, I'm up, so uh, forgive me there. Anyway, okay, so pray earnestly. So when we pray, let's pray earnestly with thanksgiving and our petitions. And the last one I have in this section, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks. These things are the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. So those are just a few. There's many more scriptures in, in, in the Bible that tell us to pray, but those, that's just a little smattering. Reason number two why we should pray is that our relationship with God requires it. Think about it for a minute. If you have anybody in your life that you have a really good relationship Anybody here have anybody in their life they have a good relationship with? Good. Glad to see that. If you never talked to that person, would you have the same relationship you have now? If you never went and saw them, if you never spent time with them? This is the same way it is with our Father God. If you don't ever talk to Him, if you don't pray, which is a form of talking to God, and when I say pray, I'm using that word uh, but it's simply talking to God. You've heard Reba's testimony, and she's sitting on the couch, and she's saying, Jesus, my water lines froze up, and I need some water. Can you please let the water go? And if you weren't here that day, the water started, by the way. So, uh, But it, it doesn't have to be a formal, you know, oh, God, our Father in heaven, please hear my humble cry. Um, it can be that, but it doesn't have to be that. So... We have to spend time talking with our Father, having relationship with Him. And we also need to spend a little time in His presence just listening for Him to talk, reading His Word, meditating on His Word, and through that He can speak to us. And the Holy Spirit will guide us as we make ourselves available. But we have to talk, we have to spend time um, talking to God. And I just wanted to give you a couple scriptures on this uh, and, and really using Jesus as an example. Uh, 
Um, Matthew 14, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. So this is Jesus alone on a mountain talking to his father. And the next one also is uh, the same. And I found this one uh, is a short one, but it says Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So evidently he did this uh, often as we saw in Matthew. And then um, what did I do next there? Uh, I forgot to change my notes after I changed my slides because when I came yesterday, I couldn't read any of that stuff. So I made it bigger and then it didn't fit on the same page. Anyway, Mark 135, after rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So getting alone with your father, getting alone with God, spend time in prayer, and that's how our relationship with him will grow, and we will mature, and we will become more like Christ. And then the last one. From Luke chapter 6, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. All night, he prayed all night. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. And I was thinking about this, and this is just, my brain's a little weird, but he was out there all night praying, and then he chose his well, we call them disciples, but they were of the bigger group of disciples known now as apostles. Do you think he was maybe saying, Lord, do I really have to have Judas in this bunch? I don't know. Just the thought that went through my head. But he spent all night talking to God about those disciples before he chose them. Anyway, so Jesus is a good example here. He spent a lot of time by himself with his father, praying and talking to God. And so that was my reason number two. Reason number three is the blessings of prayer. Now, before I tell you, uh, get into this, I'm going to tell you a little story about my grandson. So we were at Jeremy's, my oldest son's house, and my son Jeremy has gotten into Legos. And he's been collecting Legos, and he's got buckets and buckets of Legos. Well, his, his boys are getting into that too, and they love to do the little sets and build all the little things. Well, we were there not too long ago, and Jeremy had just recently purchased three little Lego figures, like little people, that go, they're specific to certain sets. And um, the kids were playing with them, and they disappeared. And so they spent, I think, the good part of a day looking, turning everything in the house upside down, trying to find these three little Lego guys. And he quizzed the kids, you know, well, Damien was the last one. They, we think Damien was the last one that had them. So, of course, Damien got grilled and so on and so on. So the next day, uh, it would just keep coming up randomly. You know, has anybody seen it? Have you looked here? Did you look there? Anyway, they all, my wife and Jeremy and Adrian, went shopping. So Carissa and I were watching the children. And uh, we were outside, and they were playing, and it was hot, and they wanted to go inside. And so Carissa said, should we go inside? And Damien said, yeah, we're gonna, let's go in and watch something. You know, that's, 
That's the treat now. You get to get on the tablet and watch something or whatever. So I looked at him and I said, we can't watch anything until we find those Lego guys. And he looked at me and he went, maybe we should look in my pants pocket. <laughs> so I said, where are your pits? And he said, in my closet. So we went to his closet and there was a pile. So the closet and there's this little pile and I picked up, a, nope, not those pants. Nope, not those pants. Nope, yep, that one right there. And I reached into the pants pocket and there were three little Lego guys. <laughs> and my whole point of that story is sometimes you need a little incentive, right? So he wanted to watch something and it was an incentive for him to tell me where the Lego pieces were so that he could watch something. So sometimes with prayer, you know, we all live our lives, we're all human beings. We, we get busy, we do this, we do that. And so this, this last point of mine for today, and obviously this is not an exhaustive list, but the blessings of prayer can be an incentive for us to pray. Because when you pray and you see God answer your prayer, it's amazing. And it, you know, and it could be a little thing. Oh, I lost my keys. I can't, oh Lord, thank you, I found my keys. But it could, it could be a, a bigger thing. And um, I want to turn over to Acts, uh, Acts chapter 12. And we're going to read just a quick story from Scripture that I think turned out to be a blessing for the people involved all the way around. And so we're going to take a quick look at that. And then if we still have time, I might tell you a story about one of our prayers that was answered. Now about that time, Herod the king put forth his hands to afflict certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And those were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had taken him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. And just a side note here, that was a great big long word in the ESV that I had no idea what it meant, so I changed the four squads to four soldiers of four squads. So if you're, if you're trying to follow me in the scripture, when you get to that big word, that's what that means right there, four squads of four soldiers. Okay, so they delivered him to four squads of four soldiers each to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in the prison, but prayer was made earnestly of the church unto God for him. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly! And the chains fell off his hands. The angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. And when they went out and went along one street, they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. 
When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he had considered the thing, so he had to stop and think about it for a minute, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where there were many gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a maid came to answer named Rhoda. When she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for joy, but ran in and told that Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, thou art mad. You're crazy, woman. But she confidently affirmed that it was even so. And they said, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. Anybody going to let me in? And when they had opened, they saw him and were amazed. So tell me that Peter wasn't blessed, that the next morning he didn't get his head lopped off. And the church was blessed because they had Peter there to continue to be a leader in the church. And so sometimes when we pray, whether it's big like this, or if it's little like our keys, it's a blessing to us. And many times it can be a blessing to others. And so I, I encourage you to begin to pray specifically for things because as the Lord answers, your faith increases and you ask for a little bit more. And you, your faith increases, and you ask for a little bit more. And God is faithful. Not that we're going to get everything we ask for. Don't, I don't mean that at all. But what I mean is, as we grow in relationship with the Father, and as we ask for things that are in accordance with his will, he will hear us, and he will grant our prayers. So, um, I'm just going to relate a little, a little story to you from our life, and hopefully it will be an encouragement. So uh, back in 1993, uh, our, my family, we moved to Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area. Uh, I was going to go back to school. And so at the time, there were four children in our family. And uh, so I was going to go to school, and I went to the school, and I got a job that was going to pay me a whopping $19,000 a year. And so we were looking for a place to live and we found this little house in this older neighborhood and it was a little iffy in some parts of the neighborhood, but um, it's, it's what we could afford. So we, we moved there. We lived there, I think, just over a year. And um, things were really tough. We were just having a really hard time financially and um, it got to the point where Carrie and I, I said to Carrie, you know, either something's got to change or we're going to have to, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And so it was a Sunday night. We got down on our knees and we prayed. This is a hard one for me to get through, but Sunday night we prayed. We just laid it out. Lord, we can't, we can't keep going this way. Something's got to change. Next morning, I go into work, and I was working in the media services department, which is part of the library. And so my boss said, um, the dean of the library wants to see you. I said, okay. So I went over there. By the way, this dean was the neatest. She, I don't know how old she was. I'm guessing close to 80. But she was the sweetest little lady you ever did want to meet. Uh, Lois Lehman was her name. And um, 
she said, close the door, please. And I closed the door and sat down and she said, you can't breathe a word of this to anybody. We're under a hiring freeze, a raise freeze, and we're not allowed to do buy anything. We're not allowed to spend money. She looked at me and she said, I went to the trustees and they they approved a $6,000 raise for you. And I was like, and I can't even tell anybody, you know, but uh, God answered an amazing prayer right there. I shouldn't say that prayer was amazing. The answer was amazing to the prayer. And I got to back up and tell you one more little detail there that makes this even more cool. So during this time that's been very hard, one of the, so I was kind of a supervisor over the media services and I had students that worked for me. One of the students' wives uh, decided to help the food pantry that they had there. And so I guess she knew our situation and she came and said, you know, I'm working at the food pantry and every week she would bring us a big box of food or bags, whatever. And so every Tuesday we would get this box of food. So Sunday we prayed, Monday I got a raise that I can't tell anybody about. Tuesday she brings me the box and says, I don't know how to say this, but I'm not going to be working at the food pantry and I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Couldn't tell her that I got a raise that I could buy food now. <laughs> but uh, I thanked her, you know. And uh, But just the details that God, I mean, he had it all laid out. So anyway, so back to the neighborhood that we were in. Um, Carrie was just really not comfortable there. And I mean, literally the yard for our four children to play in was the size of the living room. It was so small and the yard in the back might have been the living room and dining room size but she didn't like them back there because that's where the other stuff was going on that we weren't real comfortable with so we uh we sat down as a family and i said okay we're going to pray for another place give me what you want what do you want in a house where do you want to go what do you want and so the children gave me their you know we want a place to play outside. We want, you know, one of them said stairs. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but they wanted stairs. Um, you know, my wife wanted to be in the country, whatever, whatever. I mean, literally the list was probably this long when I got done. And we sat down and prayed. Now, this one didn't happen overnight, but um, it was maybe two or three weeks later, I came into work and my boss said, he knew we were looking for another place. He said, Oh, here's this, you got to call this number. Long story short, we ended up living on a dairy farm in the country because the mom and dad who owned the house were going to Albania as missionaries and they wanted someone to be in the house. Here's another detail. We didn't have a drop of furniture. So, oh, by the way, I hope it's okay, but you have to keep all our furniture in the house because we don't want to pay to store it. So we get a house in the country with a big yard for the kids to play and run and be in. Anyway, there was st everything 
everything on the list except for a dog. Everything else was there. And frankly, I was okay without the dog. So, yes, we did get the dog. When we went to Haiti, um, some of you might not know, we spent four and a half years in Haiti, and there was a doctor on the compound that worked in the clinic, and he brought in a German Shepherd and a Kida, which weighed 168 pounds, by the way. And they loved to live at our house. So they got all the dog they wanted and a little more. Um, but anyway, just to say, don't be afraid to ask your father when you're in need, when you're struggling. But also to say, back to my first points, you know, yes, we're commanded. It's crucial to our relationship with the Lord. And it blesses us. You want to go to that last one, please? But the key is that we have to be intentional. And my prayer is that we will all be more intentional about our prayer life and building our relationship with God. And that as time goes, you know, we've heard stories. We've heard, I say stories, but they're true, you know, that God answers prayer and he does take care of his children. And so I just want to encourage you today to be intentional and don't be afraid to ask the Lord because he does love us, he does care, and he will do what's, what is best for us in our lives. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.